Now, as many of you will know, as a church, we've been working through a series called Living a Fruitful Life, focusing on what's known as the fruits of the Spirit. And so just to give context to this, Paul, a follower of Jesus in the Bible, wrote this in Galatians chapter 5. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. In order for us to live a fruitful life, we have to engage with the Holy Spirit. There is no other way to produce these nine fruits that Paul is speaking about here. And so as we bring this series to a close today, I am, of course, going to be speaking on the fruit of self-control. Now, usually when we list items, we list them in order of priority. And love, of course, is most important as it underpins all eight of the other fruits listed by Paul. And so naturally, in preparing this talk for today, I couldn't help but wonder if self-control was listed last by Paul because it is least important. I don't believe this is what Paul had intended to communicate. I do believe that self-control is very important, incredibly important, as are all eight of the other fruits mentioned. And perhaps it's mentioned last as a capstone, especially as self-control is required in order to exercise all eight of the other fruits mentioned in the passage. And so as we continue to navigate out of lockdown, I'm sure many of us have been in a position where we've been thinking and reflecting on the kind of life we want to live as we continue to move forward. The things we want to lay down and the things we potentially want to pick up. John Wright, in his introduction to this series, said, This season has caused us to reflect and ask the question, what kind of life do I want to live? I know that that is certainly true for me, as I'm sure it is for many of you. John assumed a fruitful one. And he went on to ask the following questions. How can I be different? And how can I be better? The truth is, if we want to live fruitful lives, if we want to be different, and if we want to be better, it's going to require self-control, which is not obtained through our own efforts or willpower, but rather through the help of the Holy Spirit. The words self-control actually derive from a Greek word called egratia, which also derives from two other Greek words, en and kratos. En, E-N, means in, and kratos, K-R-A-T-O-S, means strength or power. Self-control essentially means the strength or power within. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes that strength or power within can feel a little like weakness. For example, 
binge-watching a new series on Netflix. For us, it's currently Homeland Season 7, which is just fantastic. It's 11 p.m., and, uh, you know, you've just finished watching the end of Episode 1, and it's about to drift into Episode 2. You know that you should use the remote to point it at the TV to press the stop button, but instead, you press the button that says skip intro. I wonder if anyone can relate to that, or is it just me? Or maybe during lockdown, you've taken to doing your weekly shop online. And while shopping online at Tesco, you notice that their finest salted caramel cheesecake is on offer. You know that it has absolutely no business whatsoever being in your online basket, but you just can't resist. Or maybe during your prayer time, you said to the Lord that you were going to make a concerted effort to stop swearing. And later that day, whilst moving furniture, yep, a very heavy item accidentally drops on your big toe. And to make matters worse, you're not wearing any shoes. I'm sure we've all been in a situation where our inner strength or willpower has let us down. The early church, however, understood that they had power within that they could not do without. I'm sure many of you will recall our previous series from earlier this year, Acts from Acts, where we focused on Acts 2, and in particular how the Holy Spirit filled the believers on the day of Pentecost. That same Holy Spirit is who Paul is referring to in this passage. And it's the same Holy Spirit that empowers us and encourages us to practice self-control. I think it's important to note at this stage that I am not at all saying that this is solely the work of the Holy Spirit. We have our part to play in this too. It's a partnership. It's a little bit like Laurel and Hardy, Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble, Bill and Ted, Will Smith, Carlton Banks. He's Batman and we're Robin. And so, for this talk today, I have only one point, and the point is this. We live a fruitful life of self-control through training. Just before Jesus was crucified, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray with a few of his disciples, and he asked his disciples to stay in a particular place to watch whilst he went a little bit further to, to pray. After praying for a while, he came back only to find those disciples sleeping. We pick the story up in Matthew 26 from verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The Holy Spirit within us is willing, but our flesh, our human willpower is weak. A little bit further on in the Bible, in Romans um, chapter 8, Paul goes on to say, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. What Paul is clearly stating here is that the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. 
In other words, our willpower alone is resistant to the will of God. This is why we often struggle to do the things that we know we should do as opposed to the things that we shouldn't. Even though we know that God, through his Holy Spirit, is encouraging us to do the things that he's asking us to do, not because it benefits him, but because it benefits us. It's like having an involuntary reaction to the things we choose or choose not to do. This is why we need training. We need to learn how to listen to and be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit that lives within us as believers so that we can produce the fruit of self-control. Again, John Wright in his introduction to this series said, we grow in the fruits of the Spirit by training, not by trying. Training in what's known as spiritual disciplines. According to the online dictionary, the word train means to teach a person a particular skill or type of behavior through sustained practice and instruction. We cannot grow in self-control without regular interaction with the Holy Spirit. Yet we need to be taught how to do this. I'm sure many of you will have heard of the, the online sensation known as Joe Wicks the YouTube personal trainer that kept the nation fit throughout lockdown. When he started, he, we, he asked us, his viewers, to journey with him. Recognizing that our fitness levels weren't all the same, he uh, took us on a journey by increasing the intensity of his workout sessions over time and encouraged us, uh, the viewers, um, to, to watch along. Those of us that were able to endure to the end, of course, that is. In a very similar way, we have a personal trainer for our spiritual journey too, in the person of the Holy Spirit. He's excellent at it. If we want to grow in this area of our lives of self-control, we need to spend regular time with our personal trainer in the practice of spiritual disciplines. It's a little bit like going to the gym for the first time with the intention of doing a 45-minute intense spin class. We go, and we manage to do an incredible two minutes. And at the end of it, we think, well, that was a bad idea. I'm not doing that again. Or conversely, we could think, actually, I'm going to persevere, and I'm going to come back next week. And before we know it, two minutes turns to four. Four turns to six. And then we're able to obtain our goal. We need to be consistent in our practice of spiritual disciplines, if we want to develop our spiritual muscle of self-control. Jesus always demonstrated self-control. Even when he turned over tables in the temple, he was still in complete control. In fact, Jesus embodied all of the fruits of the Spirit as a way of life. And this practice was done through observing what he saw his father do. As Jesus himself said when speaking to the Jewish leaders of his time, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. When we spend time with the Holy Spirit, and when we do what he tells us to do, just like a personal trainer, over time we start to see the fruits of our, of, um, of our labor. Self-control doesn't develop in our lives after one prayer session, 
but it is with the repetition of various spiritual practices that we start to see the manifestation of self-control in our lives. Now, you may be watching today, and you may, you may be thinking, Dave, this all sounds great, but what are these spiritual practices exactly? I'm so glad you asked, because there's a list of them, a few of them, which are appearing on your screen now. And just to add to that as well, over the summer this year, the small groups team had put together a number of resources, and one of them is on spiritual practices, and that can be found at trentv.org forward slash spiritual practices. And I would encourage you to check those out. One of the greatest gifts that God has given to us is the power of choice, whereby we can choose to engage with these spiritual practices or not. But very similar to what we read at the very beginning of this talk, those who choose to live a particular lifestyle will not inherit the kingdom of God, according to Paul. I remember last year I started to train for a marathon and I decided that I was going to run from our home to work, which is approximately six miles. I remember getting to mile three and thinking, this feels incredibly hard. I'd run further than um, three miles before, but on this particular day, it was really difficult. And I remember as I was running, I was speaking to the Lord, the Holy Spirit, and I was saying, Lord, why does this feel so hard? And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me at the time, Dave, it's absolutely fine. You can choose to walk the rest of the way if you want to, which of course makes sense. And then I felt I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Dave, if you want to run a marathon, you're going to have to run further than three miles at some point, whether that is today, tomorrow, or next week. That truth applies to self-control. If we want to grow in this fruit of the Spirit, it's going to require repetitive spiritual effort. When training, we sometimes have a tendency to give up, especially when it gets hard. We can feel like a failure. And we can sometimes feel like we've failed God too. However, God isn't like that. He is 100% for you. He loves you. And like any good personal trainer, he wants the best for you. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Sometimes we may feel a sense of condemnation by failing at the practice of spiritual disciplines. But it's important that we don't beat ourselves up about this because God certainly isn't. God is loving and kind and gracious towards us, especially when we approach him in prayer with honesty and sincerity and ask his Holy Spirit to strengthen us again. It's at this point that we need to deny ourselves from giving up and allow the Holy Spirit within us to lead us. Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. One of the areas in my life where I've struggled with self-control in the past is in my relationship with food. This photograph was taken approximately 12 years ago. 
at a time when I was feeling depressed and oppressed. I was a follower of Jesus at the time, but I wasn't happy with my life. I was struggling with a number of insecurities which I hid beneath the smile that I presented to everyone. I tried dieting on several occasions, but it was always short-lived because I wasn't prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work deep within me at the core of where the root of the cause was. I was trying to do it in my own strength, not in the power of the Holy Spirit. For years, my relationship with God was lived on a surface level, and that was mainly because I was too afraid to allow him to come in to the pain and the hurt that I was carrying for so long. I recall one day at a low point in my life, I turned to God and I said, God, if you're really real, if you are who you say you are, let's do this thing called life together. Let's do it your way, because my way clearly isn't working. When I prayed that prayer, I absolutely meant every word. And there was a sense of relief, almost as though the Holy Spirit had said, finally, I've been waiting for you to get to this place. I had to surrender myself to him. I had to stop coming up with excuses as to why I couldn't practice spiritual disciplines. And I had to start making them a priority in my life. Very similar to what we heard in the announcements earlier with Joe and Johnny speaking about the forthcoming webinar on a rule of life. In preparing this talk for today, I came across a Christian blogger by the name of Camilla Griffith. In one of her posts entitled The Holiness of Self-Control, she wrote this. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, meaning we can nurture it, but we can't produce it in ourselves. It is the natural outcome of spending time with God in his word and under the influence of his Spirit. This is not a passive production, but it is a discipline. It is a mindful growing towards godliness. For me, the Holy Spirit has been teaching me about self-control in the area of food. But I wonder, in which area of your life is the Holy Spirit wanting to nurture self-control? Is it in your finances? Is it in your words? Is it in your actions? Or is it in the lack of self-control you seem to have when it comes to drugs, alcohol, sexual promiscuity, pornography? Or is it simply in saying yes to Jesus? Training happens behind the scenes. It happens in our devotional lives. It's there where we learn to hear and be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit, our personal trainer. The Bible tells us we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, of self-control, not by force, nor by strength, but by my Spirit, says the Lord.